Good evening. Thank you for joining us. This is the City of Ventura's Director's Hearing. Today is Thursday, November 30th, 2023. My name is Rachel Diamond. I will be your director this evening. And I'm also the Interim Director of Community Development at the City. And um, tonight before you, we have a, a pretty lengthy agenda. So I will go ahead and get started. Um, before we go through the agenda, there is going to be a slight reordering of the agenda. Um, upon, um, uh, there's a few things. One is um, some changes to the consent agenda. Jamie, did you wanna um, go through that now? Or when we get to that item? Uh, yeah, I would like to uh, make modifications to item number four. And so we'll pull that and hear that um, at the end of the formal items. Um, but then we will also, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll hear that at the end of the formal items, but we're also going to move item number eight, uh, which is project 220097, the Flores Residence Minor Design Review at 114 West Simpson Street, as well as number nine, project 230389, dog and around use permit located at 2954 Seaborg Avenue, we're going to move those two to the beginning of the formal items. So those will be the first two formal items that we'll hear this evening. And based on those changes, I approve the changes to this agenda. Uh, so we'll go ahead with uh, the first consent item, which is the approval of the director's hearing October 26, 2023 meeting minutes. Um, and those minutes are included in our agenda attached. And um, I will go ahead and move to approve those minutes as presented. Um, and so approved and so moved. Next item is number two, the approval of the director's hearing 2024 hearing calendar. Another year is upon us. Happy new year, happy holidays to everyone watching here and at home and staff as well. Um, so we do have a calendar presented for director's hearing. Generally, those meetings are going to be held on the fourth Thursday of the month at 6.15 in this chamber, but there are a few changes in November and December because of the holiday schedule. So again, for those of you watching at home, just note that those will actually be the third Thursdays in November and December, and I believe that's it for changes. And so I'll go ahead and approve that agenda as, um, or I'm sorry, that schedule as noted in item number two. Um, so moving along on our consent agenda, we have project 230425, Moby on Main Alcohol Use Permit, located at 369 East Main Street. This is a request for an alcohol use permit for a Type 40 license, which is on-site beer, um, for on-site on sales at an existing commercial tenant space called Moby on Main on a 0.13 acre site in the urban core T6.1 within the downtown specific plan. Um, the recommendation from staff is to approve the alcohol use permit as conditioned. The um, CEQA uh, determination is that the project is categorically exempt from CEQA guidelines section 15301 um, class one existing facilities. And based on the report and all the information provided as well as the plans and operations and training, um, training plan, I will go ahead and move the resolution as presented by staff and approve that resolution on this 30th day of November. So thank you for that item, Kira. 
The next item is going to be the start of the formal items. Again, for those of you at home, item number four is, um, is going to be moved to the end of the agenda. So the next item is actually going to be number eight, project 22-0097, Flores Residence Minor Design Review, located at 114 West Simpson Street. Tyler? Thank you. Good evening. The Item before you, as mentioned, is Project 22-0097, Historic Design Review at the Flores Residence. The subject property is located at 5400 Valentine, sorry, the subject property is located at 114 West Simpson Street in the Simpson Tracks Historic District. It is a multifamily residential parcel with one existing one-story resident on site as outlined in the map above. Next slide, please. The proposed project is to demolish the rear or southern portion of the existing one-story single-family residence and to demolish the existing attached garage located towards the front facing Simpson Street. Behind the single-story dwelling, the applicant intends to construct a new two-story addition in the rear, which includes an additional single-family residence, a three-car garage, and a 612-square-foot accessory dwelling unit. Next slide, please. The city's independent consultant, the Historic Resources Group, undertook a phase one and a phase two historic review in April of this year and found that the proposal was in conformance with the architectural and development guidelines of the Simpson Tract Historic District. Further, HRG found that the building was built after a significant period of construction history in the Simpson Tract, not rendering it to be architecturally significant. In June of 2023, the Historic Preservation Committee recommended that the director approve the, the project. Next slide, please. Staff recommends, therefore, that the director approve the historic design review as conditioned. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the recommendations made by the Historic Preservation Committee and any changes made by the applicants? There are none that I'm aware of between the initial submittal and what came out of the Historic Preservation Committee. Okay, I know, um, you know, based on the report, it mentions that the commission had requested that the north elevation have a hipped roof and that the east elevation of the roof include window elements and features that reflected the neighborhood's character. Um, and is the applicant here to speak as well on this item? Did you want to come up to the podium? So you're welcome to make a presentation, and if not, I can just ask you questions if you, it's up to you. So what it says in the report here is that per the applicant that you were going to address these changes during plan check. Can you tell me a little bit about how you might do that? Yes, we, we, had, we hired the, uh, the original architect to redesign the, uh, the building, and we um, uh, asked them to what the city had requested raise the roof and add a few more windows onto the project which they did and they submitted those um so i don't know if you guys tyler if you guys got them i know this is when Jeannie was still here everything was submitted um I'm not sure he's been gone for a few months that i know but everything should have been submitted with the changes and the uh, the recommendations that were um, that were asked back then in June, July, June, sorry. 
So is that different than what's in the um, staff report? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, rather than stall this and, and have you come back, what I'd like to do is, um, is approve this with the condition that okay. those changes be reflected in your building set, and then we'll just confirm that those changes occurred. Okay. And I apologize we didn't, oh, no, um, no, no we didn't get those in here, but it sounds like you're more than willing to do that. And otherwise, I think, you know, and I should stop for a second. Is there anyone else in the public that wanted to speak today, Derek? No, there are no speakers on this item. Okay. Um, so thank you for your time. With that, I'll close the public hearing, and um, I'll go ahead and move staff's recommendation with the additional condition that the recommendations made by the, um, the HPC be incorporated into the design, including a hips roof, and that the east elevation of the roof include window elements and features um, similar to those found in the neighborhood. Um, and that can occur during plan check. Okay, thank you. Great, thank you so much, and thank you, Tyler. Uh, with that, we'll move to the next item, um, which is also Tyler, and that is the reorganized number nine on the agenda, project number 230389, dog and around use permit, located at 2954 Seaborg Avenue. Tyler? Yes, thank you. Um, as noted, the ninth agenda item is project 23389 for dog and around, which is um, animal, which is an animal facility, animal daycare facility, and the subject property is located at 2954 Seaborg Avenue in the MPD Manufacturing Plan Development Zoning, and it is currently used as such a facility in an existing industrial building. Next slide, please. The proposed project is to amend an existing use permit to allow animal bulls boarding in addition to the currently existing animal services. In August of 2020, the Community Development Director approved then administrative hearing resolution number 2020-2028, which permitted animal services, sales, and grooming on the site in the first place. The applicant tonight is proposing to amend this resolution to specifically allow the use of animal boarding, which is permitted in municipal code with, with the exception of getting a use permit. The dogs on, that would be spending the night there would be provided their own kennel and there'd be overnight on-call staff for supervising and checking in on the dog staying overnight. The on-call staff tends to the dog's needs during the night hours, which is usually with check-ins at 10 p.m., midnight, and five and six in the morning. Next slide, please. Staff recommends that the director approve the historic design review as condition. Thank you. I mean, not the historic design, use permit. Thank you. Does our zoning ordinance have any specific requirements that are placed on this type of use? Generally, when it comes to overnight boarding, it's usually just having kennels for the dogs to stay in. And there's nothing that's, I remember that specifically enumerated overnight staffing, but generally there's usually a person that's on call in case the dogs are being disruptive and anything like that. And the applicant has indicated that throughout the night hours there would be some type of night watch person that would be checking in periodically throughout the overnight hours. Okay, thank you. Do we have an applicant? Um, the applicant was unable to attend tonight. Okay, do we have any members of the public who'd like to speak on this item? We don't have any speakers on this item. Okay, thank you. Um, 
you know, based on the location, they've already, I think, been operating a business that has been able to maintain its ability to separate itself from other uses and not negatively impact their neighbors. And I think, um, you know, based on their proximity to other, um, you know, in industrial and adjacent to other uses that aren't um, going to be negatively impacted by this, um, I will move to approve this use permit amendment um, to allow um, overnight animal boarding on a 0.23 acre site within the manufacturing plan development zone with a land use designation of industry located at 2954 Seaborg Avenue with the um, conditions as listed in the resolution. Thank you. Um, with that, we'll move on to the next item, which is uh, the first in your list of formal items for those of you following at home. Project 230388, Poli Minor Variants, located at 1684 Poli Street. Jamie? Good evening. Tonight I will be presenting the 1684 Poli Street on behalf of Tyler, or Tyler, Taylor Hernval, Associate Planner. The subject site is an approximately 7,800 square foot site located in the R1 zoning district within the Hobson Height area. The site contains a 1,300 square foot single family residence with an attached 240 square foot garage. Um, this, as I mentioned, the site is within the Hobson area. Um, this is not a historic district at this time, and it has not uh, officially been established as such. Um, the property, as well, is not designated as a historic resource or within any district as it stands right now. The proposed project includes a first and second story addition of 843 square feet, replacing the hardscape and an additional variance to reduce the parking requirement from two spaces to maintain the one non-conforming parking space within the garage. Um, the proposed addition was reviewed by the city's historic consultant, HRG. And it was determined that the addition um, being located towards the rear of the residence, um, out of the front and away um, from public view, that the front of the residence would then be intact with no modifications, thus maintaining any of the potential distinctive characteristics um, that are original to the structure. Um, so the addition exceeds the 50% floor area of the existing residence, which would then require the two parking spaces within a garage per our municipal code. Um, this minor variance was requested to just maintain that one car garage, um, which allows the residents to maintain the overall character of the, the front of the um, residence. The site also has limited area to expand the garage and make it a two-car garage. Um, that there is a physical barrier with the residence and the existing driveway, um, otherwise would have required significant alterations to accommodate an additional garage space. Um, here are the proposed elevations in the highlighted blue area is the addition to the house. Um, 
The site is not located within a hillside area, so the tallest point as measured from the average um, curb at grade is 20 feet 10 inches. Um, so you can see the north elevation is the front of the residence and the addition is over um, tucked behind the garage. Um, the site will continue to maintain the single family residence and the use of the site is not going to change even with the addition. Um, therefore, the additional car, one car garage um, can be, or the maintain the one car garage due to the site maintaining its, its original use. Um, and then additionally, just for more context, um, there was discussion with uh, HRG, our historic consultant, and that um, the property could potentially become um, a future historic district for context. Um, however, at this time, it has not been determined and we haven't gone through the public process to make that determination. So as we reviewed this project tonight, um, this we are looking at our current standards and what that looks like. So as it stands, the site could potentially be a contributor to a potential historic district. However, until we get to that point, we're looking at what we can do as the site itself. Um, and with that, since the structure has been modified multiple times over several years, after many years, the site was originally developed in 1925, um, there, the structure itself is not eligible to become a landmark itself. So um, with that, the addition um, and the minor variance um, will have limited impact to the structure and around the site as it's still going to maintain its single family residence nature. And thus we are recommending the community development director approve the minor variance as conditioned. Thank you, Jamie. Do we have the applicant here? Well, the applicant's online, which is my architect, but I'm owner with my husband, George Albat. Okay. So would you like me to speak first? Sure. Okay, great. So my name's Melissa Bates. I live at 1684 Poli Street with George Albat. We are expecting a child May 4th. <laughs> um, George already has a son, so this is currently a two-bedroom house, and so we're trying to update it to three bedrooms so we have room for our baby. The previous owner had to sell when they had their second child. Um, we went to the city last year to try and update the garage to be a junior ADU, so that way we wouldn't have to make any structural changes to the house. We found out that the garage is a very porous brick, and that, therefore, we would have to tear the garage down to make it into a junior ADU to have that bedroom space. Um, so we went through this whole process last year. And with that, we decided because of the historic nature of the house, we wanted to keep the one car garage and keep the facade the same. So we hired Robert McLaughlin to create uh, something that would look similar from the street, but would give us the bedrooms without taking up too much land because we also love the wildlife in our backyard. Um, we have this huge um, avocado tree that we don't wanna have to tear down to build the space. And if you look at the front view of the house, you'll notice that the banana trees and the avocado trees will actually still be higher than the addition. 
So like there was some public comment about being afraid of like light changes or like the view as you walk by, but it will be behind those trees anyways. Um, and so that's one of the public comments I wanna make. Um, the other public comment was concerned that the garage is a bedroom, but it's not a bedroom because we didn't get approved for that. So it's a garage. We can park in it, but um, we currently aren't all the time. Sometimes we do. Thank you. Do we want to... I think our architect is online. Um, Robert McLaughlin. With... Uh, Robert, you should be able to unmute yourself. Um, can you speak a little louder? Can I? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of m what Melissa said is is right on, right on target here. I'd also um, like to mention uh, if you look at which portion of the addition is two story, there is actually, uh, you know, a bit of one story addition that's getting a little bit closer to the property line. But the actual two-story part of the addition is 57 foot, four feet behind the property line. And that's an over 60 feet to the street, to the public right away. Um, that, is, uh, that is actually 34 feet behind the current um, front elevation of the house. So it is significantly further behind the um, existing front facade. And again, just as Melissa stated, the uh, the reason we went down this route for the addition is explicitly because of the historic nature of the house. Uh, we did not want to have to modify the garage, which would also require substantial modifications to the living space of the house as well in order to fit um, the, the two-car garage to the current um, city standards. So um, we are maintaining, we are hoping to maintain a one-car garage with two um, open uncovered parking spaces so three total spaces for the house uh technically the house will be a four bedroom house because there is the the what we're calling a nursery on the second floor um with the new primary bedroom however that nursery is almost likely always to be used as a nursery or an office because it does not have access to a bathroom the only bathroom upstairs is the bathroom that is ensuite to the master. So it's a three bedroom, most common, most commonly used probably as a three bedroom house with three um, available parking spots, one covered. Um, in addition to the concerns about the um, uh, street parking, um, so there is parking available on the street across from Poli, across from Poli from the house. Um, but also a lot of the public comments were about the the parking on this on Polay itself, but we wanted to mention that the house itself is on a corner or adjacent to a corner street, and that there's also parking available on that on Live Oak. Uh, if you needed to use street parking for guests or whoever might be using parking to access this residence, there's also plenty of um, available street parking spaces on Live Oak. So it doesn't necessarily all have to be um, overflow and to Bulleye, which was a major concern of the public comments. Um, uh, what else? Um, there, there was another comment. There's 
there seems to be um, concern about privacy with the two-story addition and the adjacent neighbors, um, especially primarily toward the west of the house. I would like to point out that the west facade of the addition is only adding two windows on the second story, one of which is a clerestory window, so a non-viewing window, and the second window added on the second story of the west side of the house is at the top of a staircase landing. So it's purely a circulation area, and therefore the views, uh, you know, it's going to be uncommon that someone is occupying that space. It's just a pass-through space. So it's actually very uncommon that someone will actually be um, within the view of those windows looking out um, potentially to the to the neighboring properties from the second story there. Um, what else do I have here? The in, in addition to the to the concerns about the historic nature of the home, the addition does in fact um, apply much of the same stylistic elements of the existing home. It's a parapeted home and we're using the same corner flourishes that are currently existing in the primary and the existing residence. The materiality, uh, the, the door and window materials will be the same color and texture and material as the existing windows. The, um, these, the uh, exterior siding of the house will remain smooth stucco uh, that the existing residences. Um, we believe uh, it is uh, very uh, compatible with the existing design of the house. Uh, beyond uh, you know the other efforts that we made to set it back from the front facade and, and not alter the front facade at all. Um, well, uh, I believe that's it, and I'm also available to answer questions, additional questions that come up during the um, pub public comment section. Thank you. Um, with that, we'll move to public comment. Thank you, Director. We do have six public comments on this item. Um, our first speaker is Mara O'Connor. So you can have a seat, and, and when it's your turn, they'll let you know. Well, I'm also half deaf, so standing here is bad. Perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate the uh, opportunity to address this. My name is, my name is Maura O'Connor. I live at 139 Live Oak Drive which is to the easterly side immediately uh, of the property at 1684 Poli Street, literally around the corner. Um, I'm, both my husband and I are in support of this. We think the scale of the proposed expansion and its style are highly appropriate for that part of Poli, which is kind of notoriously cute. Most of the houses are quite small built in the 1920s with a few infills from the 1940s. Almost all of them have had to be modified. Uh, they are uh, lovely, charming, delightful homes in which nothing works until you uh, start working on them. And many of them have uh, 
needed to be expanded, and many of them have been expanded. There are quite a few other houses that have exactly this sort of an expansion with a larger second story on back, so we think this is appropriate for the neighborhood. We think the proposal reflects very sensitive planning, really honoring the style and the feeling of, of that. Our neighbors who are proposing this have gone around and talked to the neighbors and have done a good job with that. Um, and finally, I, uh, just to address the two issues that have come up uh, about privacy in the first case, the way it's laid out really shouldn't be a problem for privacy, I think, for either us or, and we are the major house behind the, the proposed extension. And then finally, the concern about parking, that's a legitimate concern up to a point. Poli has a full street with a, a whole row of parking that's almost never used. And the reason it's not used is because Poli is the preferred cut through to the city where instead of driving at 25 miles an hour, most people are driving at 40 to 45 miles an hour. If the speed limits were enforced, there'd be plenty of parking on Poli. That said, uh, people park in front of our house, which is right around the corner, all the time. And it's a city, it's a town, that's fine. Um, our neighbors park there and are very careful not to park right in front of our walkway. We have no problem with that. Honestly, we're not in a homeowners association situation. We're in a city. We have parking on the street. I would um, suggest that the issues in Poli are not issues specific to adding, um, adding this kind of parking modification, which I think is valid. But in fact, the, the non-enforcement of the speed limits on what is really a small street. Thank you so much. Our next speaker is Melissa Bates. Um, our following speaker is uh, Wendell. Thank you. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your new family edition. Um, I, uh, I do have to take a, uh, exception to the addition of, uh, that, that's proposed. I think, first of all, uh, congestion along Poli is a serious problem. Um, alongside of the, the, the high traffic volumes, uh, there are multiple hit and run collisions that occur on a regular basis. Uh, so traffic uh, and parking uh, continue to be a problem on Poli Street. Um, the, what I am most concerned about is the addition of a second story with a 20-foot uh, height um, over the street on Poli. This is, there's not another street, or there's not another house on the street with that kind of elevation. And uh, I think it sets a, a dangerous precedent. Um, I, I believe that we've seen the, uh, in the uh, addition of the building at, um, uh, or at the construction of the building at Ensenal and Main Street, the uh, imposition on all of those uh, properties near there and affecting their, their privacy as well as their uh, view. Uh, I take a, also, I think there's a flaw that shows a flaw in the planning that says that Poli Street, uh, houses south of Poli Street have no ocean view. 
which is, as we all know, is not correct. Um, to, to allow for multiple unit or multiple story units to be built on the south side of Poli Street is affecting, negatively affecting the property values and the privacy of the other homeowners. Um, I recommend that the city uh, decline this um, various variance, and I would encourage the, uh, the builders, the owners, to go back to um, the drawing board, consulting the local neighbors more, more uh, completely, and coming up with a plan to expand in an, in an effective way that does not impact the surrounding neighborhoods and set a dangerous precedent for other multi-story homes along that side of Poli Street. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Ed Carroll. I live at 1693 Poli, directly across the street from this proposed modification. One thing that I have not seen addressed in any of the materials or the so-called group that went around and knocked on doors and asked, they didn't come to my house, um, where are the people going to park? on that side of the street where they're going to put in this expanded um, capacity. There is no parking on the ocean side of Poli, none. The only parking on Poli is on, quote, my side of the street. And if everybody comes and parks there, where am I going to park? It's an the What's been presented to this body is a bit misleading. You cannot park on that side of Poli. In addition, if you tried to back out of your driveway on that side of Poli, good luck. I invite anyone to come and stay at my house free of charge for a weekend and try to see if they can deal with that traffic as proposed, as exists now, and as proposed by this modification. You can't do it. You can't do it without putting your life at line and risking children. It's absurd. The people directly across the street, and I don't know if they put in a uh, comment, they, they back directly into the front of this house, and there is no room on that street to do a U-turn or to do any type of uh, manipulation of your car to get it safely in or out of your driveway. So that's the number one problem with the addition. In fact, from my perspective, it's the only problem is the traffic and the parking. It cannot be done. And I don't know if the city has consulted with traffic specialists um, 
I don't know if there's an opinion on it. I don't know if you've consulted with the city police department and the city <clears throat> parking department. I'd certainly like to see their written opinions on whether or not this is a feasible modification to a street that has been there since 1923. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Carol Spector. Carol, you should be able to unmute yourself. Okay, can you, you can hear me, yes? Yes, we can hear you, Carol. Um, I'm someone who lives on a different part of Poli, um, but um, I just felt the need to speak up. Um, Ms. Diamond, I'm hoping you'll pull the project at 1684 Poli and send it to the HPC for review. Um, I know Jamie just said it's not an official historic district right now, but it seems impossible that when that survey comes out, it won't be. And obviously we can't fix things retroactively. This doesn't feel like a minor variance. It's controversial, the neighbors are concerned, and it is located again in Hobson Heights, a well-known and beloved, soon to be, I think, historic Ventura neighborhood. I've watched a few other homes undergo renovations on this block, but they fit in so seamlessly, you didn't even know that it was being done. Um, I think this project should go before even more bodies than the HBC, but that should be the first step. Streamlining, I thought, was for minor, non-controversial projects, and, and I don't think this is. I really appreciate that the new owners don't want to disrupt the neighborhood. It sounds like they've really thought about the design, um, but I still think this should be pulled from tonight's deliberations and sent to the HPC as a first step. Thank you. Our last speaker is Gordon Broberg, we may have some trouble getting him, but we'll uh, try. Okay. Um, Gordon, you should be able to unmute yourself. Gordon, you can try right now, and if we're not able to connect, um, leave it there. Okay, that is all our public speakers on this item. Thank you. Um, we do have the opportunity for the applicants to make a rebuttal to any of the comments, so if you'd like to speak now, or if your um, architect on the, the phone wants to speak in response. Derek, how long do they have for a response? Five minutes. Sure. I just want to say that we're the same family living on Poli Street with the same number of people besides a baby who won't be driving a car for 16 years. Um, and we've been living there happily for a year and a half um, and seem to get along with all of our neighbors until we decided to have a baby. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um, so I, uh, once again, the addition won't be taller than the current trees to do anything that we'd want for a three bedroom, we'd have to cut down trees, which I think would affect the privacy of the neighbors on either side. Um, the parking will always be an issue on Poli Street because of the speed limit problems. However, we still will be parking in our two car parking spots. We can also park in our garage if we would like to. We choose currently not to. Um, and 
I think that Robert, you probably have some more thoughts about um, the two stories on Poli. I've only lived on Poli for right at, it will be a year and a half, but I've seen lots of two stories on Poli, including directly across the street from me. Joan has a three-story house. Two doors down, there's another two-story, two-story, two-story. So I'm not really sure where the whole like no two-story on Poli is. Also, our house was remodeled. I believe Robert will have the number in like the 1950s, 1960s. So the bedroom and the bathroom that are current to the house are already additions. So this is not the original house. It was expanded and looks contemporary, like it looks with what it, what it looks like, and that's what we're trying to do on the back side of the house. So once again, we're not modifying the front. So if you walk by it, or see it in something, it's going to look just the same. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I, I would, um, yeah, I think actually Melissa hit on what I wanted to hit is, which is the, the house directly across the street from this project is in fact a three-story house, um, if you include the garage level. And the setback for that second story is very comparable to the setback we're proposing here for the second story. And it's also at the end of the driveway, so it's it's highly visible. I do not think that um, you know we are even remotely non-compatible with the neighborhood feel. If I mean, I guess you could narrow your view of the neighborhood to one side of the street, but that seems um, rather subjective. Um, and um, I, another thing I wanted to note is that. Um, in terms of parking and the issues with parking and the potential to increase the parking capacity at this house, um, it has been, it's a commonly accepted um, uh, requirement for California policy and also new regulation that a home within a half mile to transit, walking distance to transit, um, you know, there's, there's policies both reducing and eliminating parking requirements for houses in that situation. Um, we don't we haven't explored the applicability to this residence in particular but we do know that within a half mile of this house there are dozens of uh, stops along main street for multiple different transit lines um, that are easily accessible for people who don't uh, necessarily need one car per person at a house and um, as a lot of us know in the building and architectural community the goal for cities moving forward is to actually reduce the need for parking um, and to actually reduce the requirements for parking in general. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, Ventura and California as a whole has submitted that as a, a, a vision. And, um, yeah, I think what we're proposing is a very reasonable reduction in the required parking. Again, to summarize, to maintain the historic nature of the front facade of the house and to not have to alter and, and add a two-story garage, which would significantly alter the front facade of the house and require um, significant modifications um, along the front facade. And that is all. Thank you. Um, so with that, I will close the public hearing. Sorry, I appreciate it, but the public hearing is closed. You, I understand, but it's not. Sir, the public hearing is closed. Thank you. You had an opportunity to speak. 
Um, so, and I appreciate you speaking and I appreciate everyone coming to this meeting. We also received quite a bit of public comment that I reviewed. Um, and again, I appreciate everyone um, being interested in this project and providing public comment. I think it's really important for people to understand what's happening in their community and to understand that these hearings are happening and be present. Um, and there were a lot of concerns um, that I'll, I'll start to address. I think you know one that we've heard quite often is about the traffic on Poli. And um, I think the, the reality is that the traffic remains as is and doesn't change for the better or for the worse related to this project. The conditions that exist on the site are as is today and aren't changing. Um, and we're not expanding um, the nonconformity in the sense of adding additional dwelling units. I will note, interestingly, and it is unfortunate that you have soft brick, I know this is an issue here, um, that you couldn't convert the garage to an accessory dwelling unit. That, of course, as a planner would be my first suggestion because as many of you may or may not know, that would eliminate all of the parking requirement on the site. Um, so you would be left with zero parking requirement and a second unit. That being said, the city definitely is interested in additional units in the city, particularly ADUs, and that's certainly something that you could do in the future should the construction work. So that's kind of a, a, a more intense scenario that could exist without this variance. That being said, ultimately there are some conditions on the site that um, prohibit that from happening. And so as a result, the applicant is asking for a variance for, for this parking um, to be one car garage rather than a two car garage as would be required with their addition. The addition itself is not um, something that's related to the variance except that the addition is what's causing them to um, have to uh, add an additional parking space in a garage. Um, based on the conditions of the site, that is um, fairly difficult without directly impacting the front of the, the site. Um, which I think Jamie did a good explanation about the historic nature of the neighborhood that this is a potential district. Um, and while this house is beautiful and could certainly be considered a, a contributing structure at some point in history, it has been modified quite a bit and is probably not a con contributing structure. That being said, the district doesn't exist yet, um, should it ever exist. So we can't treat this as a historic home because it's not one and it's not in a district. Um, it's in a, and it's not even considered a potential district uh, technically. So, um, so the the review by the Historic Preservation Committee would not be appropriate in this case for this application. And there's no mechanism for me to have them review it um, rather than it come to the director's hearing. Um, we could refer it, but again, it's not historic. And I and I would like to point out that we did have our consultants review the project as well and also determined that no further study needed to occur. Um, there are a number of variance findings that need to occur in order to approve such a variance. Um, the first being that it's, the variance is consistent with policies and provisions of the comp plan and the purpose and requirements of this zoning ordinance. This is a single family home that will remain a single family home. There's no effort to change the number of dwelling units on the site and that's consistent with our general plan. Um, and I, I think the, um, the proposed variance would allow the applicant to maintain that single family home generally in the location that it is, which is compatible with the neighborhood and um, will continue to maintain its compatibility with the neighborhood. 
I think the second piece about scale and character is really important. Um, you know, this home, it is really cute. I like that someone said this is a cute neighborhood. It is a really cute neighborhood. I love driving by this neighborhood. Um, and um, I think that the proposed addition, while, un, while not specific to this variance, still maintains that character. And the variance to allow the one-car garage maintains the facade as is in the front and maintains that smaller character. I think if you can imagine a two-car garage and the imposing nature of a, a two-car door in that location, I think you would drastically change the character of this property by doing so, particularly because it would be shifted so far over to the side of the property and would get in the way of those access paths that we do require as well per fire code and, and building code as well. Um, as far as impacting a, adjacent neighbors, um, I would say the, the neighbors are impacted by having a one-car garage single-family home today, and that's not changing. So there's no additional impact that's happening to neighbors. I, I would say, if anything, this is uh, reducing by not uh, forcing a side setback variance to push a garage into that side yard. Um, because frankly, that's an alternative that I think would occur without this variance. Um, there is no special privilege being granted by this variance as well. Um, all the required height, lot coverage, setbacks are all being met. And again, we're still maintaining compatibility with the neighborhood mass and residential character. Um, there, the modification doesn't reduce the on-site parking any further. We're still going to have the ability to put two cars on site and that doesn't change. It's just the inability to put one of the cars into a garage. But again, we don't change the number of spaces available on the site. So it is consistent with variance limitations for other properties in the vicinity that also have one car garages. I think someone mentioned, you know, if, if someone out new parks on the street, then where am I going to park? And I think that's very, um, I think, uh, indicative of the, the lack of parking that everyone shares in the neighborhood. And so it is a shared struggle, frankly, and, and it continues to be maintained in the same way with this request. Um, this is also not based on economic hardship. We don't take that into consideration at all in these conversations. Um, so with that, and I really wanted to kind of walk through and explain my, my thinking and why I am going to move to approve this variance as recommended and as requested. And um, that is it. So thank you so much for all of your interest and thank you and good luck. And we'll move on to the next item. So that item is, one moment here, number six on your agenda, project 230377, a major design review located at 278 East Main Street. Jamie? Yes, good evening. Um, the next item is the major design review um, for a property located within the downtown area. Um, the site is located in the um, T6.1 area of the downtown specific plan at the corner of Main and Palm Street. Um, this is an existing commercial tenant space um, and the building is comprised of three total tenant spaces. Um, the site would be located on the westernmost portion of that building. It was currently, it was previously used as a restaurant and the uh, proposed use would also be a restaurant. 
Um, this project went to the design review committee on October 18th. Um, they suggested several different um, modifications, such as um, if there was any removal of um, the stucco to see the underlying brick, that um, if there are any um, uh, impairments to those, that you can use alternative materials, such as stucco, a brick veneer, or other substitutions in addition they suggested to um, create a transition between those other tenant spaces and this tenant space. Those have been added as conditions of approval within the resolution attached. Um, again, some more context. So this um, shows the tenant space and the adjacent buildings. Um, again, the design review committee provided um, recommendations to increase the transition between those two units, um, showing that the facade has a more um, distinct look between the building units. Um, the site was reviewed in addition to um, other projects by HRG and that the uh, determination was the commercial building is not likely to be considered a historic resource. Um, it is not going to, it has not been identified as a historic resource or a landmark or a point of interest. Um, and in, in addition, it has been ex extensively altered. Um, the proposed floor plan will remain as a restaurant as mentioned. Um, they, the project includes enclosing that front patio area to create additional floor area within the building. Um, and then additional interior modifications as well. Here are the elevations um, that include removal of non-original cement, um, enclosing the uh, patio area to install a new um, door system, and future installation of new wall-mounted signage would be above the door frontage. Um, here are the south rear elevations um, that would include expanding the door and window. And here is the existing and proposed frontages. The project was reviewed to the downtown specific plan design guidelines. Um, and reviewed to the context along with the architectural character, um, building mass and articulation, and other features within the design guidelines and was determined by staff in the design review committee that all of those elements within the design guidelines have been met um, and therefore staff recommends that the community development director uh, approve the design review as condition. Thank you, Jamie. Do we have the applicant here? I think I'm Jason Herber. I'm the applicant and the architect. Um, Jamie and Taylor have done a great job representing this project, so I don't really have anything more to add. But if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Thank you. Do we have any public speakers? We don't have any public speakers on this item. Great. Thank you. So with that, I'll close the public hearing. Thank you both. Um, this is a great project. I'm really excited about this. I think the changes are um, 
exactly the type of change that we want to see downtown when we want to shift character of a building but still make it feel like downtown and meet all of our standards. And I think that um, in design review, the DRC provided some really good comments about kind of what happens if things don't quite work out. Um, I, I'm a little more hopeful for you. <laughs> um, and obviously, if things don't work out as um, as you know proposed, obviously submitting a change will help us to understand you know the direction that you want to go in. And I think their recommendations are great, but certainly, you know, see what happens and we can always go from there. Um, but certainly this direction I think is fantastic and really meets all the findings necessary to uh, move forward with approval, which is what I will do right now. So thank you so much. This item is approved as uh, conditioned by staff in the resolution. So thank you. Um, we'll go ahead and move on to our next item, which is item number seven, project 15487, the Yovano Residence Coastal Development Permit, located at 2965 Surfrider Avenue. Jamie? Uh, good evening again. Um, tonight we have a coastal development permit um, for a remodel of an existing single family home. The project site is located um, on Surfrider Avenue within the Pierpont Keys community. Um, this property is zoned R16 and within the coastal zone. The lot uh, currently contains a 2,900 square foot, two-story single-family residence with an attached garage. Um, the proposed project includes a 68 square foot first floor addition along with a second floor addition, 766 square feet, um, along with an extensive remodel um, to alter the, the, the remaining portions of the house. Um, the existing residence is non-conforming in terms of lot coverage, front setback and rear setback. Um, hence why they are proposing to remodel and not remove those non-conforming elements. Um, that the addition that does conform to the requirements of the zoning ordinance, um, but the other non-conforming elements would remain. Um, the proposed remodel roof deck um, and addition do not expand beyond the footprint of the residence and then they comply with the R16 standards. The residence um, will maintain uh, the garage at the front with the non-conforming setback. Um, the addition is not detrimental to the neighboring area and the site um, will continue to be used as a single family residence. Um, therefore, staff recommends that the community development director approve the coastal development permit as condition. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. I don't have any questions. Do we have an applicant present for presentation? Good evening, council. Uh, yeah, she did a good job of presenting that. Um, we've been working on this project for quite some time and uh, at this point, we have uh, had lots of discussion for almost two years now with the planning department, and this was their suggestion to do this as an addition and stay with what we exist, what we had as a footprint. So that's what we're proposing now. Um, it is a, a stunning project. I think it'll be very good for the, the street on Surfrider. And 
that's really it. Thank you. Do we have any members of the public speaking? Thank you, Director. We do not. Thank you. With that, I'll close the public hearing. Thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that about you know working with staff. Obviously, this is a complicated project. It's so simple and yet so complicated to um, to construct on these lots because they are really constrained. And I think um, it's great that you were able to work with staff. I'm sorry it took so long, but ultimately we're here and you were able to probably reduce quite a few requests by maintaining some of the existing site. And also, I think that honors you know the history of the neighborhood. And, and so it's great. Um, obviously, because of your location, you need a coastal development permit. And I think staff did a really great job going through all the permit findings and the resolution and, and explaining why um, it is that we could make, meet those findings. Um, the site and the proposed addition does not significantly obstruct public views of the coastline, views from any public road or from a recreation area. It's compatible with the established scale and character of the area. And again, I think it's amazing that you were able to maintain so much of the existing structure and that's fantastic and I think does so much to further that finding. Um, additionally, it's in compliance with all the other provisions of the, of the municipal code and comp plan particularly because you were able to make those changes and maintain some of the existing home. Um, it's permitted by the comp plan. It's in a zone that allows single family. Uh, there's no issues with um, the coastal bluff or any other natural formations um, because it's not within that area. Um, and um, you know, as noted by staff, it is categorically exempt from CEQA 15301 um, Class A existing facilities, since again, it is an addition. So I really want to, again, thank you for being so sensitive with this site and finding a solution. And as a result, and because of the ability to make all those findings, I'll go ahead and approve this request as conditioned by staff. So thank you. So with that, we are going to go on to our last item, which was the item from the consent agenda that was moved on to the formal agenda. Project 230413, excuse my French, Tralafu alcohol use permit located at 4522 Market Street. Jamie? Thank you. Um, Tualifo is the alcohol use permit. Um, we will be requesting to modify the project description um, as such. So a request for an alcohol use permit for a type two license, the wine grower for the expansion of a wine growing uh, at an existing commercial winery within a 5,543-square-foot 5, 5, industrial condominium building um, in the manufacturing plan development zone and the land use designation of industry. Uh, along with that, that um, new square footage will be... Um, shown within the, the exhibit attached to the resolution. This is um, a, a, an error, a typo. Um, there is no expansion to the existing building. It is existing floor area that the um, establishment will be occupying. Um, it, is, it is to document the actual square footage um, shown. So again, no expansion, no addition. Um, all within the existing floor plan of the alcohol establishment. Um, and that is staff's presentation. Thank you. 
Thank you. I appreciate that clarification. And um, based on all the findings that are noted in the resolution, I will go ahead and move staff's recommendation with conditions and the amendments as outlined by staff during this presentation. And so that concludes all of the items on the agenda with the exception of um, the staff communication. And staff communication, Jamie, did you have any? Uh, we will not have any hearings in December. Happy holidays, happy new year, everyone. Thank you so much. Happy holidays to everyone here and at home, and we will adjourn to our January meeting. Thank you so much.